97 of the two guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve. Hi. Hi. We're, we're one more closer to 102. 104. 104. To two years. Two you, years. You can't just say 104. People don't get it. We either People say understand. 100 or we say two years. Two years. Fine. Two years. Uh, hey, we're a TGIF podcast. We go back. We watch all the shows that aired on TGIF each and every Friday. And uh, then we talk about them. That's what we do. Every week, we haven't missed a week yet. Somehow, don't know how that's happened, but uh, we're about, we're about to like this is these next couple weeks are going to be the test, and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna pull we're it gonna off. make it happen. Um, we are. You might be like, I don't know, on an airplane recording an episode or something, but uh, we're gonna make it work. It's possible. I'm gonna have to be on an airplane during one of my classes for school. I'm gonna have to be up at midnight in Eastern Europe in my class at school. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, a few things. Um, thanks to Daniel for the theme song this week. Thank you, Daniel, for the theme song this week. And I'm going to throw a bunch of uh, links to uh, check out his stuff online. Just go to the show notes. You will find that. And uh, make sure you're following us on all social media as well. TGIFcast. That's where you can find us. We're pretty active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel. Um, the video version of the second half of today's episode will be up there pretty soon. So go check that out. Uh, just go on YouTube and search Two Guys in the Fridays and you'll find it pretty easily. Steve is wrong because there is no video for the second half of this show. Oh, yeah. There isn't, isn't there? Well, there is not. I lied. That's, but, but that's okay. There is a video from, was that last week? Last week. Last week when we, uh, yes, last week the interview from Bar- with Barbara Gonzalez. That video is up. You that's can check up that now. out. You can definitely check that out now. That is up now. Um, what else? Anything else before we see what was going on 30 years ago? No, man. I think you covered it. We said, you said Awesome Con, right? No, I didn't. But uh, we We're going to be at awesome, awesome Con. August 20th, 23rd, 20th? It's that Friday. Um, Friday of, of Awesome Con, DC. 5.30 p.m.? <laughs> We're awful. We don't know the date or the time. I think it's 5.45. I'm pretty confident it's 5.45. And I'm pretty confident it is... Room 102 or something? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not confident about that. We at do all. have a room number. All right, let, the 20th. The 20th. It is definitely the 20th, and it's definitely 5:45. We will be there live in person. Come check us out. And you definitely no idea don't know the do. room number. I definitely don't know the room number. I'm gonna find the room number. Okay, find the room number. Oh, here it is. Yeah, look at this. Ready? Room 103. Is that what I said? I think so. 102. Well, it's 103. 103. Oh, and hey, Steve, while, I rem- while I'm remembering this, I okay. need to get my, co- my cord back from you. I mean, it's sitting right next to me right now. So just come over. Okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I can try to pick up my daughter at the same time you pick up your son from daycare. My son's not in school this week. I can 
have I'm gonna it sitting right next to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come get it from you. All right. Looking back 30 years ago, uh, things that were going on in the world. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you this. The, the date, this would have been, the date this episode, these episodes, well, this one episode would have aired is July 26, 1991. Okay. Uh, what happened? July 22nd, 1991. Jeffrey Dahmer confessed to killing seven men. It's crazy that that, that's one of those things that to me happened much, much longer Earlier? ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe hey, okay. maybe he confessed later, but like they arrested him earlier. I don't know. I don't. I didn't look at all the dates on that. But this is when he confessed yeah. to doing it. Well, I'm. Um, you know that that ended like it did. And then, <laughs> What's uh, to say about that? One of the uh, saddest moments in history for me, at least, uh, July twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. Paul Pee Wee Herman Rubens uh, was arrested in an adult cinema for exposing himself. You know, he had a good turnaround. He had a great turnaround. He got probably a little bit more, more of a bad rap for that than he deserved. Yeah, it was an adult uh, cinema. I mean, what do you expect? I know. I don't know how that, you know, I've never been I don't to know. like, I don't know how that works. I guess you can't like pull that. it out in there. I guess that's the but rule. You got it. Really? I mean, what? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how it works, but whatever. That guy's had a good career. He still has a good career. He's, yeah. He's doing just fine. People don't even remember that nowadays. I mean, they do. They do, but they don't care anymore. <laughs> Um, what about movies and music? What was number one? I have I know a song that's coming out this week, but I don't know if it's going to hit the charts or not, but we'll wait and see. The one you're thinking of is happening happening next week. Okay. We'll talk about it for sure. Um, but the, the number one movie is still Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, it, it's got a couple more weeks left. And then the number one song is Unbelievable by EMF. Do you remember that? I mean, you, of course you remember that Yo, song. It's unbelievable. Yep, that's it. EMF, one of the best one-hit wonders of all time. So. That's all they ever did? Yeah. I mean, that's the only hit they ever had, yeah. Hey, speaking of one-hit wonders, rest in peace, Bismarcky. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I'm excited to see him go. He's, you know. They they replayed on The Tonight sense. Show when he was on fairly recently, like, uh, singing with uh, Jimmy, and they had uh, Jeff Goldblum on the piano, and they were doing that song, but uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Everybody likes Bismarcky. Yeah. Um, what about uh, birthdays? Anything? We do. We do have one birthday. Friend of the show, uh, Miss Heather Langenkamp. Her birthday was the 17th, uh, so last Saturday. So happy birthday, Heather. Happy birthday. All right. Want to get into it? Want to get it? Let's get into it. So we've, like we said, we've got one episode. We've got one interview. We're starting with the episode. This is uh, the second episode, right, of Hi Honey, I'm Home? Second, yep. Second, second aired, yeah, because we watched the pilot. But this is the second episode, episode two. And uh, the name of the episode is Make My Bed. Is that what it was? Yep. Okay. All right. So um, it starts off, I, I guess this is how all the episodes are going to start off, where they show like an old clip from the Hi Honey, I'm Home sitcom, like the black and white show that Mike yeah. watched when he was watching TV. But uh, Right. And it's a little bit different because in the in the very first episode, we see the same idea, but we, we see Mike watching the show and yeah. what's happening, whereas this is just us as the viewers watching the show. And it's got like a a vintage TV kind of border on the screen, but it's a little bit different than it was in the first episode. Yeah. So the clip from this actual episode of this is going to get confusing of that show. It shows <laughs> um, a pie in the window. It gets stolen. Honey's freaking out. The whole family's freaking out. The police come and bring Chucky. Apparently Chucky stole the pie and ate it. And then honey's like, Oh, it's okay. I baked two of them. This is the one that was for you and brings out another pie from the fridge. And then everyone's like, Oh man, they're all, poo. and everybody, Everybody laughs. Everyone laughs. Chucky likes pie. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. Yep. 
All right, so after the theme song, which I am really growing to like this theme song. I don't know about you, but uh, every time I hear it, I'm getting excited for this show. It's not a bad theme song. Yeah. It's not a bad theme song. Um, the phone rings, and, uh, well, Mike's in the room, in the kitchen with Honey, right? They're both at Honey's house. He's in the kitchen right. helping. Phone rings. Um, she turns it with the little remote to turn it black and white, and um, who was on the phone? I can't remember now. You don't remember who was on the phone? It was June Cleaver. That's right. No, I don't remember. From Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, yeah. So it was June Cleaver. He, well, she was talking, and that's why she switches to black and white because she's now talking to June Cleaver. Uh, and they they talk about Ward and the Beave and, and how everybody's doing in the in the Cleaver household. Yeah, and we're gonna get that a lot through this whole series where they're just like mentioning all of these like other sitcom characters. They might Constantly. not have, they might not appear Constantly. on the show, but they just reference like Gilligan and random uh, random characters. So Mike keeps asking questions about all of the other like TV sitcom characters after she gets off the phone. Like, well, what's the beaver up to? What's this person doing? And she's like, don't forget, you're the only one that knows that we're here and we are who we are. So you can't let our secret out. And that's also something that, I mean, eventually I feel like someone else has to find out. It's not just going to well, be Mike uh, right now. Time. That's been a z- right. But that's been zero. Uh, there has been zero issues so far. I mean, we're two episodes yeah, sure. in. There, that hasn't even been a problem with anybody. Mike is the only person that has any clue at all that this is a thing. Apparently, because he was the only one that watched the show. That's, Ever. And that's yeah. why I got canceled. Yeah. So um, Elaine comes over. I think it's important here to note to note that I think it's important here to note that Honey does invite June Cleaver over for the weekend because Ward has taken the boys uh, fishing. She hasn't come over though, does she? I think that comes back. Okay. She does at the end of the episode. What do you, did you watch the show? Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, she comes over at the end of the episode. This is a mess of an episode, our episode. So uh, Elaine comes over. <laughs> um, she needs Mike to go pick up Skunk from uh, his shrink appointment because he sees a therapist, I guess. And then uh, the doorbell rings. Which- and there's a good line here. Where, uh, first of all, I think we're on a delay, like a really bad delay. There might be a little bit of a delay. We're going to make it work, though. So Okay. So there's a really good line here from Elaine where Elaine says, or well, Mike's like, I don't want to go pick him up. Why should I? And Elaine says, well, I screwed him up. So now you have to pick him up. Yeah. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> that is good. Um, the doorbell rings for the first time, I think, this episode, which we're going to learn real quick. That doorbell in this show rings a whole lot. Like it's going to ring 15 times an episode, it feels like. And somebody always says, I'll get it or I got it or whatever Honey always says and Bab says sometimes. Yeah, but this time the guy at the door is just... Uh, a flasher. He's got a trench coat on. He uh, shows his goods <laughs> over to uh, to Honey, and she's freaked out. She's honey. like frozen in spot in her spot. And uh, Elaine tells her that, "Oh, that's just Mister Pincus. He lives down the block, and this is how he introduces himself to all of the new neighbors." And he just stands there, like he didn't. He doesn't like flash and run. He just stands there, holds his trench coat wide open. In the wind. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elaine at this time explains deadbolts and why it is important to lock your door and to be safe and to get all these security things. And she feels like um, she needs to take uh, Honey over to her house to show her exactly how to keep your home safe. Well, because Honey, not only do they not have a deadbolt, but they don't have any locks whatsoever. Their door is just completely open to whoever wants to walk. Yeah, and I think she mentions too, like, oh, well, if anyone wants to come in, they've got to be able to get in. And she's like, oh, no, Honey, that's not how it is. (laughs) The door's always open. 
So then we go over to uh, Elaine Duff's house, and um, she's showing all of the uh, front door locks. I don't know. She has like eight locks on the front door or something. She's like showing a ton. Her. Yeah, it's a lot. And she's showing her each and every single one. And uh, Honey just does not like this. This is not something that Honey wants to do. She does not like living in fear and does not believe that all of these criminals exist in the world like Elaine is trying to tell her. Yeah, and the light also has like mace by the door, a police whistle. She's like, I got it. My, my, I'm ready to throw down if I have to. She's going all out. Yep, everything. Um, so then we go back to the Nielsen's house, and mm-hmm. uh, Mike is talking to Chucky about like, I don't know, something about like, how's school? How's it going? And like, Chucky tries to talk. He's like, oh, well, everyone's just ignoring me. And then Mike walks away, of course, like ignoring Chucky. That's the joke there. But and- he walks away because Bab comes downstairs and he he just starts to follow her into the kitchen. Yeah. So his whole thing is he wants to ask Babs to the dance. There's a big dance coming up. I don't know if it's prom or what it is. I don't think it is. Some, I don't think so. Some dance. But um, she says, no, Mike, I, you know that I have to go with someone more popular, so I can't go with you. And uh, I mean, this kind of sets him off, but at the same time, he's not giving up on Babs. There's no way. Well, he's also can't deny that she's, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Honey gets back, um, Skunk comes over too at this time, and Honey tells Mike that, uh, you know what, you just have to have faith in people. You got to believe that people are going to be doing the right thing, and they're not going to be doing anything bad. Yeah, this is still back on that whole, like, we're, things are safe, we don't have to worry about getting all these locks and whatnot. Yeah, so then we skip ahead a little bit. I don't know, maybe a few hours, maybe the next day. It doesn't really matter, but uh, the doorbell there, rings. That's one, thing about, that's one thing about this show that I that I've picked up on that makes it a little bit tough to kind of talk about is there's a lot of time movement that is yeah. just kind of with the same characters, but time is moved. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind uh, of, I feel like Dinosaurs is kind of the same way too. Like a lot of times I don't know if we're talking about later in the same day or like an hour later or like the next day, like... I don't know. Maybe that's fair. I think dinosaurs, though, there's a lot of when they change time. There's also a lot of changing sets or changing kind of where they are. Whereas in this show, it's it's very much in the house. Like it'll just be the same room, same person. That's true. There's not there's not a lot of set changes like they they skip time and they're still in the house a whole lot with the same people. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the doorbell rings. There's a guy that comes up. He says his car broke down outside and he uh, needs to use the phone to uh, like get a ride or get a toad or something like that. And then uh, the guy proceeds to uh, attempt to rob Honey. He's going to take all of her stuff. Yep, because, yeah, she, he finds out she's home alone, and he immediately asks for her money. Um, she, like, she doesn't have anything. They don't have anything expensive or anything. He ends up tying her up with the uh, phone cord when she tries to well, call b- the before police. Before that, yeah, before that, she tries to call the police. She dials 411 and asks for Andy Taylor, <laughs> which, was, which was a good, good one. I Who's Andy Taylor? Police officer from what show? From, from Mayberry, from the Andy, from the Andy Griffith show. Okay, I don't. I didn't watch a lot of that stuff when I was growing up. Oh honestly. man, my 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 grandma and my dad watched every. I, you're gonna Andy you're Griffith gonna know show. every one of these characters when they come on the oh, show, aren't you? For sure, but the Andy Griffith show like was huge, and when I was a kid, I don't. It was in our household all the time. Is that the one with the whistling theme song? Or am I thinking of something else? Yes. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, yeah, Gummer Pile. And, yeah, and, I mean, and, I know uh, the characters and everything. I, I just didn't watch it. I think my grandfather did, but I didn't watch it. So um, Honey's now tied up with the phone cord. Um, he still says he wants all the valuables. And he's, she's like, I don't have, well, except for this ring. And then she's like, here's my wedding ring. And he takes that off of yeah. her. And uh, I think he goes, I don't know if he leaves the house through the kitchen or if he goes in the kitchen, but then Lloyd comes home. Yeah, it seems like he's leaving because this is kind of a bit weird, but Lloyd comes in as he's leaving and that's really it. Like that doesn't turn into anything. Yep. So then we go a little later. Um, Honey's at home and now she's getting tons of security items installed. She's got like 
even more than the Duffs have at their house, like the alarm system and the bars on the windows and like every lock and thing you can yeah. get on the door. Uh, we find out later there's a dog in the kitchen and uh, the loudest alarm that you could possibly imagine on this house as well. It reminded me of the uh, Perfect Strangers episode where they get the bank vault door oh, and the yeah, lasers yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. So um, Mike runs over this point after he realizes what's going on and Honey starts to show him all the security items. Elaine comes over and uh, Elaine is actually now telling Honey that she's overdoing it. This is too much security at this point. I mean, it is. She got, well, she has like bars in the house so she can they can like lock themselves upstairs. It's It's a lot. It's a lot. And then uh, Babs comes out and she's like talking about like what she's wearing and how she doesn't like it. And then she reveals that she's got like this bulletproof vest, like undershirt on as well, which is pretty funny that I think she's going yeah. to the dance in it. I think she is. And she says, she's like, I can't go to the dance. I, I, I just, I look awful and you can't tell that there's anything wrong. Cause she's got a sweater on. And uh, Mike's like, I think it was Mike said she looked, she looked fine. And then she opens her sweater and she's got a bulletproof vest. We assume honey made her wear yeah and then lloyd comes home and uh lloyd is in on this too as he has like six guns strapped to his entire body in his hand <laughs> like uzis and shotgun and a rifle like yeah. every gun that he could they could find on the set they've strapped on him so elaine continues to say this is too much we also find out here that elaine is very anti-gun she does not want them to have guns in the house and uh she wants them to get rid of all of them and instead she wants Honey to go with her to a women's self-defense class that she's been taking. Which Lloyd thinks is absolutely hilarious because what would a woman need to do in a self-defense class? Yeah, and I think she's all, he also says, something, oh, a woman can't even throw something. Like, how is she going to do that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, then we go that night. We are um, in the bed. Um, we find out this for the first time too, I think, that they yes, do not yes. sleep in a bed together. They have two separate twin beds in their bedroom, both Lloyd and Honey. Like any good 50s television show. Yeah, and um, Honey goes to turn off the light. Um, Lloyd thinks he hears something. He shoots in the hallway and ends up shooting the dog. But <laughs> luckily, uh, the dog did catch the bullet in his teeth, so the dog's okay. So here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we never... I hope this dog continues and we never see the dog. <laughs> and they just always talk about the dog being off screen doing doing ridiculous things. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know if feel, that's going to be the case. I have a feeling this but, is the only episode we're going to see it in, but uh, who knows? Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, no, I, wait, I want to say the only episode that we don't see it in. Oh, that's true too. We do not yeah. see this dog in this episode. We, it is only mentioned and... Uh, that's what I want. Yeah. So um, Honey now feels like uh, Elaine is right. These guns... It's too much. She wants him out of the house. She doesn't want anyone accidentally shooting any of the kids or anything. And uh, she says something. There's some joke here where she calls him Nacho instead of Macho. Right. Well, because she doesn't. It's Macho is more of a slang word that she doesn't know, I guess. So oh. she says Nacho. And, and that's, yeah, that's the joke. Not a very good one. So um, she says that, you know what, Lloyd, I'm going to this class. I'm going to go. I'm going to learn self-defense. And this is going to be the answer instead of having all these guns in the house. Right, exactly. So that's where we go to now. We are now at this class. Um, the instructor, a little like, f I don't know, like five foot lady, would you say? Like an older woman? Yeah, under five foot probably. Miss Naughton. Under five foot. What's her name? Miss Naughton. Miss Naughton. Naughton, yeah. Naughton. And um, so she's teaching the class. And uh, a couple things she says. She says, uh, don't think like a victim or you will become one. And also, um, she needs a volunteer to show off this, like, demo of, like, a new move that they're going to learn. No, no. It's to review what they did in the last class. Oh, from the last class. Which, okay. I don't know why Honey would volunteer to do this since she was 
I guess we assume that she wasn't in the last class. Yeah, I think she's just excited. But yeah, Honey volunteers. She puts her hands up. Um, Miss Naughton calls her over. And then uh, like a seven-foot guy comes in. which Huge dude. Looks yeah. dramatic. The difference between him and the actual instructor is pretty funny in itself. But um, the demo is for Honey to flip this guy, right? Like like the normal well, thing you expect. Comes, he comes up and like grabs her from behind and she's supposed to get out. Um, and she doesn't. And then Miss Naughton shows how the, the the appropriate way you knee him in the groin and then you then you. Flip it's him. the like literally the exact same thing that happens in every TV or movie women's self defense class that there is. Groin shot, groin judo shot, th- judo throw. Yep, you got it. Um, so I think that's the end of like the class scene, right? Uh, it is. Yep, it is. So then we go um, back to the house. Um, Lloyd's cleaning one of his guns. The doorbell his, rings. His Uzi. His Uzi specifically. Yeah. He calls it something else at some point, right? Yeah, but it's like it's like the nacho macho thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, he, he like a, a floozy or something. That's exactly what he calls it, yep. So um, Lloyd's cleaning his floozy. The doorbell rings. Two guys show up. They know that he went and bought all these guns, and they want the guns. Yeah, they saw him leaving the gun store with the entire store, so they're they're coming to rob him now. Uh, which seems like a bad idea with like two guys that don't appear to be fairly well armed to rob a guy that they just saw leaving a gun store with every gun he could possibly carry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange scene, but, um, it is. Lloyd ends up fainting immediately. So he's on the ground. Uh, honey comes up. She, um, one, one of the criminals goes upstairs to try to like find the guns. Cause I think he says they're not in the closet. And he goes up right. there and then, she uh, finds the one criminal that's downstairs. She flips him with the move that she learned in self-defense class. And then Elaine comes over, and I think she trips the other guy. And then... Um, right, they, I just come back down the stairs, yeah. And then they both have them kind of like on the ground. Are they pointing a gun at him too? I can't remember what they have. They, no, I think that I think they end up tying him up or something. I, I, I can't remember exactly. And this is where um, Honey says to one of the criminals, go ahead and make my bed, which I think was the name of the episode, right? Oh, that's where the name of the episode came from. I didn't see the name of the episode, but uh, okay, that makes sense, more sense now. Uh, Mike runs in, and then uh, right behind Mike is June Cleaver, the uh, the June actual Cleaver. actress ca- character from the show. All Barbara these, Billingsley as June as June Cleaver. Yeah, all of these like um, characters that we're gonna get from other sitcoms, they're all playing their famous roles that they were back on their their own sitcom when they come into exactly. Yep. So yeah, June Cleaver's there. Um, she, what do they do here? Oh, they flip it to black so, and white, right? Right. So uh-huh. then they can have like a conversation <laughs> like they would have back in their sitcom. And, uh, they talk about like different leave it to beaver stuff, like how Wally's doing and all the different characters and how the beeves doing. Yeah. And then, um, she asks honey, well, what's going on with you? And then honey's like, Oh, nothing. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. Kind of like not much of a role for June Cleaver at all, really, on here. A lot of these roles for these characters, I think, are going to be just like come in, get the audience pop, and say a couple things that are relevant yeah. to. Their I mean, characters. I guess that's kind of how the last one was, right? Yeah, it's more for fun. Than this one, gets. I don't know. This one seemed even less than the first one for some reason for me. Um. Well, I think in the first one it was more substantial because he came and he actually said that, like, "Hey, you're fired." And yeah, the whole episode was about him coming. I'm hoping it's more like that than it was for this one, but who knows. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. I just, I think it's, I think it's a fun idea in general. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Travis. I'm liking the show. There's a lot about the show I like. There's some things about the show that 
I'm that kind of great on me a little bit that, are, that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Do you know the actress's name that plays Honey? I don't, but I like her she's a lot. She's fantastic. She's by far the best part of this show. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. She's so good. Like, I, like that's the main thing that's pulling me in on the show right and now. And I really like Mike a lot too. And their relationship is strange because it's not a normal relationship. Like, you know, having like a, a teenage boy who's friends with like the next door mom and this kind of like weird friendly relationship. I know that he's like a big fan of her as the character that she is. Yeah. But like, it's a weird relationship, but it works really well. And the two of them, I really like the way that they interact with each other, but I agree with you hundred percent. I was going to, I was going to say that I don't really like Mike and it's not, you don't, it's not Mike, the character. It's like the actor. I'm not sure I'm uh, on board with yet. Like, I mean, we're only two episodes in, so I mean, things can change obviously. Him and honey. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. I like Elaine a lot too. The the dad and uh, the daughter are not my favorite right now. Yeah, Babs has not clicked for me yet either. It's the voice. I the, I have a lot. I'm I'm struggling every time she talks. Okay, it, it just it's too high pitched nasally. And it's like, funny because I, that's kind of how uh, Honey talks too. But just the way she does it is different. different. Yeah. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Uh, and the the Lloyd character. It's not the actor at all. It's completely the character. I I'm just not connecting with the Lloyd character whatsoever. Yeah, and I don't think you're supposed to. I mean, that that makes sense. But it's too much. It's too much of a yeah. caricature. Like, I understand that it's supposed to be a caricature of this 50s dad, but it's it's over the top in a way that I, I lose I lose the humor in it. Sure. Like, it just sure. doesn't doesn't click for me. That's fine. Um, next week, we'll have the next episode of this, right? Yep. And uh, we do have a little bonus for you, like we said on this episode. Yeah, a big bonus. Big bonus. Uh, two-time Tony winner, Emmy nominated. I mean, she's done it all. She's been in everything. That's crazy. Uh, yeah go ahead you announcer the star of Miss Jones star of Miss Jones Miss Jones herself Christine Ebersol was gracious enough to take some time uh, and come on and and do an interview with us and I mean that's a that's a big get for us so we're we're really we're really excited about it yep so here we go with that Um, so when's the last time you did an interview for Miss Jones never (laughs) is this the first one ever (laughs) the first one ever when's the what's miss jones yeah i mean <laughs> it's 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 weird because like i don't know what you know about our show but we go back and we watch whatever happened to air on tgif exactly 30 years to the week after it aired and this week or a couple weeks ago we watched this pilot for the show we've never heard of called miss jones and you were in it and it, it just worked out perfectly and now but, we, we have so many questions yeah but how 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 did you get a hold of it Someone recorded it off their TV like in 1991 yeah. and we got in touch with them and they sent us over a copy and we watched it. We're happy oh to send it god. to you if you want to if you want to have Oh it my god, you, that uh, would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll make sure to send it to you once we're done. But yeah, we found basically there's we, we know a person who has a, has an archive of stuff that they recorded back in the 90s and they hook us up wow. with it's hard to find. So I would love to see that. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Like we oh, have, that's so cool. Like I said, we have so many questions. I don't know how much of this stuff you're going to remember from 30 years ago, but I mean, it starts right off with a theme song. You recorded it, right? Yes, and my husband wrote it. Well, that, that was my second question because we know you performed it, but I could not find the song anywhere. So I assumed that you or somebody wrote it. So, it was, so that was your husband that wrote the lyrics for the theme song? Yeah. It's great. It's it's a it's a good one because it it it's it's so much different than the rest of the TGIF theme song. So we were excited to hear something that uh, that had a. Bit oh, of did a you hear that, Bill? <laughs> we're still married. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, thirty three years coming up. 
And is he, is, so I, the writer for the show is credit is Robert Maloney. Is that? Yeah, that's my brother-in-law. Your brother-in-law. Okay. Oh, wow. So it's a yeah. family affair over there. It was a family show. affair. So we all met on the show, the, um, the Kavanaugh's. Okay. That was in 1986 or something like that. Yeah. And that was with Barnard Hughes. And so this was like the spinoff, you know, because because after the Kavanaugh's folded, um, then Bob wanted to do this show and with me, you know, coming off the the glow of the Kavanaugh's <laughs> of the canceled show, the the Kavanaugh's. <laughs> okay, it ran for what two seasons though, right? The Kavanaugh's. Or one or, I one think or... so. Yeah, two. Yeah, but it was all. But they were kind of one was mid season, so um, oh, okay. it 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 only ended up I think being twenty four episodes total. So it was like the equivalent of like a what was what a season would be yeah, on sure. a network television show nowadays. Yeah. It was spread over two years. Gotcha. So another question we have right from the beginning, like you have this theme song video, and we're seeing all of these clips and stuff that are not from this first episode from this pilot like were those filmed just for the theme video or was there other stuff filmed that was hoping to air at one point i don't know anything about it you're gonna have to send me the thing yeah what, what, what was it Tell so me i mean it. yeah i mean it's you sitting at your desk in the office and all of these different athletes coming in that are not in the pilot episode like there's like a seven foot basketball player and a couple gymnasts come in and like all these oh. all of these athletes i maybe yeah, it was just like footage that they filmed for the theme video, but we had no idea. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. So all you filmed was the first episode, the pilot. That's it, though. That's it. Okay. Well, and that- nobody bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what was the, like, I mean, obviously you want someone to pick it up. You want someone to, you want more episodes going. But, like, when a pilot airs, like, during TGIF at this time, is, do people, do they just base it on, all right, we had 12 million viewers, we're going to pick it up, or... Like, how, what do they do from there if they're only going to air one episode on one random Friday in the middle of the summer? But it's 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 not it wasn't even an episode. It was just the pilot. So there were no episodes. Do you but, know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, they aired it on Friday night, like on ABC. That I thought it was a CBS show. See, that's a, that's the crazy thing, too. Like, that's where it aired, though. Like, they aired it, on, like, on TGIF. So it's, like, during, like, Full House and uh, Family yeah. Matters and Dinosaurs and all that stuff that was going on. In the summer, they were running reruns of all those shows. So then they put on Miss Jones on a random week. Like, what they would do during the summer is, like, every week they would have, like, a different pilot. And sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't work out. But this was, like... I mean, July of 1991, it just aired on a random Friday night during that TGIF block. Yeah, I don't know how they would they would they get ratings from that and see yeah, how people I don't, responded to yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I'm that's wondering curious, if it's but... based on the ratings or if at this point they just like, oh, we have this pilot, we might as well just throw it on. We got, we got nothing else to do with I it. I think like, it's. I think they decided not to pick it up and then they just burn it off. Yeah, yeah, like because we we know that some other people we've talked to that they've they've had in their contract for these pilots where they'll shoot the pilot, but they have part of the guarantee is that the pilot will at, at least air somewhere at some time at least once. So I don't know if that's maybe oh is that, is that something that well, I don't know anything about that because I didn't get any money for it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's no residuals. I didn't get any residuals for it airing. Yeah, maybe you got to go after someone at ABC and see if you can get your ten bucks hey, or whatever. I'm gonna. I'm calling the union. 
Well, the good news is that it didn't hurt your career at all because you had an Im immensely successful career. So um, still going. It's still going, and and I we. It's you know, still going. Travis we is were, trying to put it in the past tense. Well, it is. I'm sorry. I just the thing is, we were both looking at your IMDb, and just every every time we look at it, we see something else. It's like I can't believe all the amazing stuff that you were in. So was did you have? I mean, it looks like. You've done stage, you've done TV, you've done t you've done movies. Do you have a preference of the three? What what is it? What is it? Do you like, or do you like just doing anything, or you just enjoy? It's enjoy kind of like love the one you're with, you know. Sure. Okay, I understand that. I think that's really kind of the the motto because it's um, it, you know, I enjoy where I'm at, you know. Yeah. Sure. And I think you know, for me, for me, my. 50 years almost in the business. It's crazy. And I know it's so crazy. It's and um, it's really kind of been, you know, equally distributed in a way, yeah. you know, of film and television and um, Broadway plays and like Broadway singing. Musicals. You do like concerts and stuff too, right? And do concerts, yeah, and concerts and cabaret and and recordings and going to the recording studio and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's just uh, I have a diversified portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> as it were. But it's it, it's it's um I would probably say that music is really where my heart is. Okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because like even though you're doing all these different things, it seems like that that music is coming through somehow in like almost everything that you do, like whether it be the theme song for Miss Jones or like on stage or doing your concerts. I mean, right, you, you right. see that music somewhere in everything. Right, right. And that's really, that's what really fills my heart. I mean, I really appreciate the, um, like the acrobatics, like the latest thing that I did was uh, playing Paul Reiser's mother in the Kaminsky Method. Mm -hmm. And um, they, I had to be like four hours in makeup. Oh wow! Because um, they had to make me like eighty-five years old, and it was such a challenge for me, just acting-wise. So just in your mind, it's a, it's such an incredible exercise. Like, how does an eighty-five-year-old get out of a chair? You know, stuff like that, and the cadence of talking and how you're talking, and I mean, just all that stuff. So. I appreciate that, but where I really, my emotional, uh -huh. spiritual uh, fulfillment and home is what I'd have to say is music. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I've got a random question about the Kaminsky Method. Um, yeah. Is, is filming a show or a show for Netflix, does it feel different when you're doing something that's for streaming rather than something that's going to air on TV or a movie or something? Or is it, is it all no, the same? No, not at all. It's all the same. Not at all. No, yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. It's because the bottom line is it, it was, um, I think the way my way in was because it was a Chuck Lorre show. And the show okay. that I'm doing now, Bob Hart's Epishola, is Chuck Lorre. And it shot on the Warner Brothers lot. Yep. So, you, don't you know, even it's all that... Yeah, it's all those familiar surroundings. And it's um, the difference was that was, well, Bob Hartsabishola is shot like a sitcom, although it's not, we don't have a studio audience. We don't have a live studio audience. Yeah. We never did. Even, you know, at, at, before the pandemic. So, um, and the difference is, of course, is that 
that's the um, Kaminsky method was single camera, you know. Gotcha. The other's four camera, but it's not shot before a live audience. That makes sense too. Is um, that a big difference to you? Do you feel like you that's a, there's a difference in filming those shows that have the live audience? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like it is. Much but, different, much yeah. different. Much different because that's really the audience is really your barometer. You know, it tells you where the jokes are and um, you really have to be on your game because it's really the closest thing to live theater. Sure. So um, even though you can mess up where right, you can't in the theater, you can't say, oh, I didn't do that right. Let me try it again. You know, <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, but there is that immediacy of the audience there and that really informs the show it really ups the game i think um that when you're not in front of an audience it's like a lot of times the director will have to say okay um let's put some more energy into that because you're you become complacent in a sense because you don't have that that nervous energy and tension of like oh my gosh the audience is out there and am i going to hit my marks and, you know, get it all right. You know? And, and you really kind of cut your teeth on that live audience energy with your doing a lot of work early in your career at Saturday night live. I mean, that, that right. is really the true trial by fire. I think for a lot of wow. people. Wow. Um, yeah. That was intense. Yeah. What, what, what was that like in getting you ready for what would be the rest of your career? Well, the odd thing that was so crazy, this is just about how crazy my career is, is that I had just come off the road doing a year playing Guinevere in Camelot opposite Richard Burton and Richard Harris. Wow. And then to be just, <laughs> you know, to be flown into this, I mean, talk about, I mean, it just, well, where am I? <laughs> Did you have any sort of like comedy background before that? Like you didn't do like stand up or anything like that. No, I didn't do stand up, but it, it's something that, um, there, the only thing that's close to it is is the storytelling that comes with nightclub okay. work. Because the type of um, shows that I write for nightclub, it's really, it's a very, it's a storytelling. You know, it's it's story and song, but but everything, it's, a, it's an entire evening of a narrative with an arc and a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. It's not just random songs. I don't just get up there and sing random songs. Everything is purposely tied to the theme of the evening, you know, whatever that is. So uh, that was my closest thing to um, stand up. And I did have people say to me um, that I was doing stand up. You know what I mean? Be because I, it's it's all mute. Stand up is so much about music and rhythm. You know how you land a joke. It's, it's music and rhythm. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that was, you know, that was my background naturally, music and rhythm. So that was something that could be translated into storytelling. You know, to kn like know where the punchline is, how to deliver the punchline. You know, the voice goes up, and it's not that you're calculating it, but it's just sort of naturally what happens um, when you tell a joke. So I did have that background. I wouldn't say that I had any confidence as a stand-up comedian on Saturday Night Live when, you know, when you're singing The Simple Joys of Maidenhood for, for, for a year, you know? 
But um, so I think that that for for me, Saturday Night Live again, I plugged the way I could gain confidence and feel like I was contributing in some way to Saturday Night Live because I felt like a fish out of water in a lot of ways. But uh, it was the music. Okay. So we, I did those little things like the KTEL records, you know, like um, Jesus in blue jeans and um, middle-aged rock, you know, where I came on as Mary Travers and um, sang songs like, hey, you, get out of my yard, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was KTEL. Um, and then would do those little um, videos like uh, – like the Gaddafi look, you know, commercials uh -huh. and stuff. But I would do the 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 singing on that, you know. Like, what made you want to do that before? Like, all like, did your parents get you into this kind of thing, or like, what started it early? What what made you want to get on stage or start singing that kind of thing? Um, I think it just was a it was, it, you know, my father claims that uh, I was gonna when he the first day he laid eyes on me in the hospital. You know, that he said I was going to grow uh -huh. up. He said, I knew you were going to grow up to be a great dramatic <laughs> actress. You know, was like, <laughs> no pressure, dad, you know, but uh, he was right. But I think my dad was a frustrated actor himself. OK. And he he wanted to be an actor, but had a family to support, you know, so he became an engineer instead. But he was a great lover of Shakespeare and, you know, and, and he would play these, you know, he would have these real to real tape recorders back in those days. And they would get tapes of like Richard Burton doing Hamlet. And he drove up to about an hour to go to work up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he would, he fashioned the, the real to real tape recorder. Cause this is back in the sixties. He would fashion this real to real tape recorder in the back and then put a speaker on the um, steering wheel. And he would listen to these things, you know, like I say, Richard Burton doing Shakespeare, because they had those albums back then, you know, Yeah. they would have those things. So he would listen to all that. So when I got, gosh, when I got, you know, he had to be sitting down when I told him I got, you know, Guinevere opposite Richard Burton. Yeah. He just went out, was out of his mind, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was like that. It was like he lived vicariously through me, that kind of thing. And my mother was, um, she grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania and she became she played the piano and you know everybody had to play instruments same thing in my family all, all had to play instruments so uh she played the piano and she was like the rehearsal pianist for the at the methodist church so she was constantly you know teaching the choir and stuff like that and playing for the choir so when we came along when she got married and had kids she taught us all to sing harmony she'd be playing you know um the piano and we all learned to sing harmony from the Methodist hymnal. So um, that was kind of, you know, my mother was my, my first music teacher and my father was my first acting teacher. And it just became, it just kind of got in the bones. Yeah. And I, but I never, it never occurred to me that I was going to grow up to be an actress. It was like things like, I remember like in third grade, we were studying the pioneers. So I decided that I wanted to be a pioneer. So I, my it was really cold in Illinois where I grew up and this was the winter time and I remember like sleep I'm not kidding you it's like my parents were so in you know like they'd let me do a lot of stuff but <laughs> I like literally slept on a sled out in the um because I wanted to know what it felt like you know to be wow. 
this is like a third grader. This you know what I mean? Method it acting at a very early age. I just like wanted to be, I just wanted to be that, you know? Yeah. So I would just inhabit these things. And, and I remember like once, you know, mailing a letter to somebody and it was like the middle of winter and it was snowing. And, and I just, my father had like this big wool shawl and I, put it around my shoulders because that's what the pioneers would do. You know, they wouldn't have, they didn't have like, you know, down jackets or anything like that. So I then go, I remember like going up in this, clutching the, the shawl close to me and it's, re- it's snowing and I'm delivering this letter and going along on the side, but just, you know, but I really <laughs> felt, I I remember that so vividly, yeah. but I just remember what it felt like. Well, this is a tough life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could talk to you for the entire day if we were talking about just like your career and how you got there and everything. We did bring you on for Miss Jones, though, so we have to oh. try to <laughs> we have you're to try that, to ask you a couple that, more questions why, about that. That's why you're at the helm there. You're at rack. Bring it back. <laughs> um, so I don't know how. Like like we said earlier, I don't know how much you remember about the show, but I mean, it was you, it was Ernie Hudson, which was really cool to have on like this yeah. pilot. Um, how, Ken Walsh. Yeah. yeah Kenneth Walsh, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the, the kid. Ca- I don't Canadian. Know, I don't remember the kid's name. Uh, Spencer, I think, in the show, right, Travis? Char- yeah, Charlie Newmark played your son Spencer. Yeah, Charlie. He right. was great. Yeah. He Like, as far as, like, a, a TGIF child, like, we put him up there. Like, he, he did a great job. Yeah. But, like, uh, you had some, like, specific questions, Travis. I kind of want to know, like... S- well, I wanted to because obviously Doggy Dolan was the focus of the show. Well, the, <laughs> That's right. Know, the, the the athlete focus of of this episode. Do you right. Know what the intention was was it to have a different athlete that you would have to interact with every week if the show were to be picked up, or was I'm it- sure that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I that's what I re- was a, a lawyer for. Right. We didn't know if it was going to be you know if there was if there's any intent to ever bring in any kind of real athletes to to fill that role or. If oh, I'm. Sh- Are you kidding? Of course they would. Okay. Stunt casting. Yes, exactly. Right. That's and then I love that. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So that's uh, that. That's good to know that that was at least the intent of it were to be picked up. That was my specific question, Steve. I just wanted to know like, more about. Yeah, I mean, like the intent. Yeah. So we just watched this episode, uh, Christine, a couple weeks ago, and like when we got to the end of discussing it, we we were like, why didn't this show get picked up? Like, what was it? And, like, Travis and I both had our opinions of, like, what it could be. I think Travis was saying, like, he thought that that first episode might have been, like, like almost too dark, right? Or, I like, too, I, too like, the, the subject with, like, the drug abuse or, like, the alcohol abuse alcohol or abuse. something. I thought you could – I didn't think it was the maybe the best comedic comedic tool to move to, – to, to, But, I again, like Christine said, this might not have been planned to be an ABC show. It might not – like, TGIF might not have been the intended audience at first. No, it's CB. I think it was CB. I mean, only because the reason why I say that is because um, the Kavanaugh's was CBS. So I don't know if Bob Maloney had a deal with CBS. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 100% this aired on ABC. We know that for sure. The, the one yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. That's what I mean. Sometimes they, sometimes I think what happens is they just buy them up and burn them off, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it. I, and and I guess that's one of those things that's probably lost to history at this point. But uh, I mean, you you can say you're in rarefied air that you were on an you were on a, a week of TGIF. That's kind of that's a big oh, deal. I, are you kidding? No. I'm 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 thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> you can go change your like Wikipedia page now and say like TGIF <laughs> actors if you want to. <laughs> 
doing i'm doing it <laughs> i don't know how because i just know about rotary phones you know <laughs> that's my fair. age but i'll i could get someone to help me yeah you're you're on an <laughs> ipad you got you got that going at least yeah i know i know it's progress so do you have any good are there any good memories of the shooting of miss jones again it was 30 years ago so it's i mean i, I can't remember what happened to me 30 years ago um but do you have any good memories from the set and working with, with that cast at that time um again you know the thing is that i remember was going into the studio and recording the the soundtrack uh-huh. yeah i don't want to i don't want to speak bad on anyone on the show but I, my theory of why it didn't get picked up was I thought that uh, there was a huge gap in the quality of acting from, like, you, Ernie, and then, like, some of the people that, like, you would be dealing with, like, the um, your coworkers at this law firm. Like, I felt like you guys kind of stood out way above the rest of them, and I felt like the, mm. ba- the balance was a little off. Interesting. I don't know. That was my theory. But I'm, again, we have no, who knows? No one knows because it was only the one episode and no one picked right. it up. So no one's here to tell right. us exactly what happened 30 years ago. Right. But uh, um, it was fun. We enjoyed the episode, though. Like, we wish there was more. We kind of wanted to know what happened with the, with uh, with Thea's story. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't we all? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question everyone's been asking online. Like, what happened to Thea Jones? <laughs> We know it's something that you probably it's trending. Think about it's a trending. Lot. <laughs> hashtag hashtag where's Thea? <laughs> where's Thea? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I can't. It's it's. I was really excited to talk to you guys about it because um, it's Some, just it's talk about a. I mean, it's just like this little thing from the past that yeah. gets buried. And you think it's never going to be? I mean, I'm surprised that it ever saw the light of day. Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm, I'm sure you were surprised when that email came through. It was like request to interview about Miss Jones, and you were like, "What?" <laughs> okay, so then is the, have you seen um, Kid Mayor or was it called Ma- the Mayor? It was no. an Adam Sandler thing as a pilot that I did that never saw the light of day. We you should not. Try, oh, but- try to dig that one up. I think that that, so I, I did see that on your IMDb. I think that that came, that was a little bit later there. That was like the early 2000s after TGIF had its initial it was. run. But I didn't know Adam. Oh, Sandler. so they, they stopped then by then. Yeah, they did. I didn't know Adam Sandler. Was he, he was, was he in that or was he? No, he was a producer. Exactly. Oh, he was a producer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did see it that. Never, that's the, the thing that was so crazy about that. Oh, well then, you know, no wonder it didn't, it did you, you would never hear about it because it never was completed. Oh. I remember we shot it till with two or three in the morning and then they told everyone to go home and then we never, and then never, never to return. <laughs> That's never weird. Happened. It's like, hey, we don't like what's going on here. Let's just give up on it right now. It was it. crazy. And I didn't, I think one of the writers like stormed off the set. Oh, it was a lot of drama. Hey, we just heard Adam in, Sandler in wants comedy. five million an episode. Let's quit it right now. <laughs> He was a producer. He was paying for the whole thing. That's true. <laughs> it was yeah, and he had his French bulldogs there. Oh, <laughs> it looks like uh, what Anna Kendrick was on that shot. That yes. Was, oh, that was, she must have been. She must have been a, a wee child at that. At that she was. Ago. That was probably fun. Getting her while she was cheap. Oh yeah, got the, that was before she was Anna Kendrick. I was gonna say she's <laughs> all, she's all Disney now. Um, 
but were there any other projects like that in your career? The ones that kind of have fallen in the cracks that you, that you look back on and every now and then you're like, man, that was fun. I, I, I wish somebody would bring that up. Just, um, just Miss Jones. That's it. Just Miss Jones, <laughs> Jones and, and Kid Mayor, the mayor. <laughs> just Miss Jones. Yeah, no, but I mean, the good stuff that was out of that, the Kavanaugh's and Miss Jones was, mm-hmm. um, that's how I met my husband, yeah. Bill. And, I mean, you know, you we, we've been together years now. for 30, 33 years. That's a pretty good for Hollywood, right? <clears throat> well, I think it's pretty good for anything yeah. nowadays. Yeah, for but, sure. You know. Uh, you'll take that in place of the residual checks. Absolutely. Well, Christine, before we let you go, anything else you have coming up that you can kind of promote, like things to watch out for? I know. Do you have more episodes of the Kamensky Method, or is that kind well, of? Well, like- I did the last two episodes of the entire series. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, and, uh, um, I haven't. I'm I'm working on a new album called After the Ball, which is based on a show that I did, a story show that I did at the Carlisle in 2016 called after the ball about, about empty nesting and growing older, you know, and uh, when the children leave, you know, mm-hmm. leave the nest and, um, and, you know, there's the third season of Bob Hart's Abishola. And where does that, where can people find that? Bob Hart's Abishola is CBS. Okay. It's, uh, mainstream television, network television, 14. Monday nights at 8.30, and we're going into season three. Awesome. What is Starbright? That's on your IMDb as a <gasps> post-production. Starbright! Oh, my God! Oh, that's dishy, that one. Is that coming soon? I don't know that, that if that's ever going to come out. Oh, no. They keep pushing the date on it. Right now, they're saying the date is Christmas of 2021. They keep pushing it. Yeah. It was supposed to be May and then June. And then I think there's all these, there's all these lawsuits. Okay. <laughs> Steve opened a can of worms with that one. Yeah. I mean, I would be very, very uh, interested to know uh, what happens with Starbright. I mean, is it, did you complete it? It was everything? fraught. It's ready to go? It was fraught. Fraught. Yeah. There were like, you know, machines were blowing up and people were getting in car accidents and there was, they were shooting and there were so many frogs that were making all this noise. They had to stop shooting. And (laughs) so the the medic came into the (laughs) trailer and said, what's next, locusts? It was like the planes were being visited (laughs) on this movie set. Well, I don't know. We'll keep an eye. Maybe we'll see it in December. Maybe we'll never see it. But uh... yeah. Maybe There's when we start, wait, maybe when we start our new podcast in thirty years about movies that never made it, we'll we'll get you back on for that one. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm still alive, there'll be an old folks home in Woodland Hills. Uh, well, Christine, you were a lot of fun this morning. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank yeah, you so thank much you. for having me. All right, Christine. Again, thank you so much for spending time with us and uh, coming on the show. We really do appreciate that. Yeah, so amazing to have her on, and and we really appreciate that time. And make sure to check out her show. I think she said it was on CBS. Was it CBS or Hulu? Yeah, I think uh, CBS. Right. CBS. Bob Hart's Abishola. Um, I haven't seen it, but make sure you make sure you go check it out. I'll probably see if it's on Hulu and catch an episode or two. Yep, and make sure to check us out next week. Uh, like we said, we've got uh, the second, or I guess episode three of Hi Honey, I'm right. Home, and also a new uh, pilot episode. 
Uh, the name of the show is Howie and Rose. It stars Howie Mandel, and uh, we will be checking out that one next week. Yeah, I'm excited for another new show. Uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. Thanks to Daniel for the theme song this week. Yeah, Daniel, thank you again. And uh, go watch some TGIF. Yeah, anything else, Steve? No, that's it. All right, man. Have a good week. You got it, dude. Yo, it's Friday night. That's what it's all about. When your boy meets the world, always got a full house. Put one foot in front of the other. Take it step by step. Been waiting all week for the Ark and Uncle Jess. You may be a perfect stranger. We can still have fun. So bring a castle spell and show you how it's done. Thumping like a dino tail when I roll through Friday night you'll find me hanging out with Mr. Cool Podcast.